Focus on Life. Hello, welcome to Lucas on Life. I'm Jeff Lucas, and this is the third show where we are talking about money, this week specifically generosity. In a world where we can so much be given to grabbing, accumulating, it's mine, where on Black Friday people act in a manner which, frankly, is pretty disgusting as they fight over that budget TV, we are called to model something really different. The Bible is not against wealth, but it is against selfishness, covetousness, making getting more our priority and putting our hope in stuff. Jesus said, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions, letting us know that life does not come from stuff. And it was the Apostle Paul who said that wealth is so uncertain. It's a terrible foundation for our lives. So before we jump in further to think about money and generosity, just listen to the words that Paul wrote to young Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17. He said, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Generosity, it's the way to a joyful life. Generosity, it's not just a good idea, it's a God idea because it models God's heart and character. When we were looking at those verses earlier from 1 Timothy 6, we heard about God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You see, Paul is saying God is the most fabulous, generous giver in the universe and he's saying, be like him, do good. This term, do good, it's a single word in the Greek, and it's a word that's used only one other place in the New Testament where it speaks of God showering his good gifts on his hearers. You can read about it in Acts chapter 14 and verse 17. You see, put simply, we are most like God when we give. And again, if we want to model what God is like to our world, then we are called to be generous. As we do that, we experience incredible joy, a truth that we've touched on in our earlier shows. You see, generosity reflects God and it's good for us. A survey and a sociological study on generosity was recently published with the informative title, The Paradox of Generosity, Giving We Receive, Grasping We Lose. It was careful empirical research and study that revealed the fact that generosity is good for us. Here's a quote. The more generous we are, the more happiness, health and purpose in life we enjoy. This association between generous practices and personal well-being is strong and highly consistent across a variety of types of generous practices and measures of well-being. The survey went on to say, we have excellent reason to believe that generosity actually creates enhanced personal well-being. The association between generosity and well-being is not accidental or spurious. 
Again, Proverbs 11:25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Generosity, it points to God and it's good for us. Here's Natalie Bergman. Generosity doesn't just happen. We need to embrace responsibility and intentionality in order to be generous. It can be spontaneous, but often it comes as a result of careful planning. Again, it's Paul who talks about the generous, the givers, and he says, in this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Now, I'm not terribly practical. Anytime I've tried to build something, wire a plug, put up some bookshelves, my entire family would gather for a time of fearful intercessory screaming. But I know this, if you're going to build anything of lasting value, there needs to be consistency and diligence. The New Testament is teaching us that generosity comes as a result of us taking responsibility, not succumbing to what Karl Barth described as evil inaction, doing nothing. You see, giving takes work, thought, preparation, and follow-through, planning to give. And it also calls for action. Does anyone remember that outdated means of payment that we used to use, feels like a hundred years ago, the checkbook? Marvellous, really. No electronic transaction was required. You just wrote what you wanted to give on a piece of paper, signed it, Helpfully backed up by a bank card, you handed it over. Do you also remember post-dated checks where you could say, pay Jeff Lucas £50, 22nd of September, 2079. The thought was there, but I was never going to get the cash. It was a post-dated check. There's a danger when it comes to giving that we can have post-dated commitment. I just need to get a little bit more, then I'll be generous, which frankly, bluntly, is a subtle form of rebellion because we're not outrightly refusing to be generous or saying that we don't believe in generosity. We're just delaying it. We're kicking the can down the road. Thoughtful generosity involves planning and diligence and action here and now. Generosity. It's about life and not just stuff. When Paul writes about generosity, he talks about being rich in good deeds. It was Chip Ingram who said, true generosity doesn't stop with possessions, it starts with them. And we can be generous in our lifestyle, giving way to that irritating motorist who's cutting in front of us, giving the opportunity for people to be heard as we carefully, intentionally listen to them, being punctual for an appointment because when we show up late, we steal somebody's time, perhaps giving that place in the queue to the person who rudely pushes in, or even mugging stranger with a gift, paying for the coffee for the guy who is behind you. Generosity is about us looking for opportunities and not ducking and weaving when they come. Have you ever had a situation when you're walking into a coffee shop or a pub with somebody and they are diligent to make sure that you go through the door first? That means you'll arrive at the bar first and probably get the drinks. Or you're out for a meal with friends 
and somehow they always seem to disappear to the bathroom just around the time when the bill arrives. They work hard to not be generous. Let's go in the opposite direction. Let's know that generosity is about life and not just stuff. As we wrap up these three shows about money and generosity, let me share with you an observation that has hit me over the years as I've been involved in local church ministry. And that is that sometimes those who give well can become rather controlling about the way that the money is spent. Now, that's not to say, of course, that we don't need stringent economic accountability in the church. But there is a danger that if we're not careful, we can try and exert control through our giving. And if things are not done our way, then we just won't give any more. Let's always remember, again, I want to repeat, accountability is so important, diligent approaches to the way that God's money is spent. But let's not be control freaks as we open our wallets or purses. Generosity ultimately pleases God, reflects his character, and shows the world that there is a different way to live. When we read in the Bible about the heart of God, John 3.16, that so well-known verse, makes a foundational statement about God. For God so loved the world that he gave. Let's be like him. <laughs>